Hello, welcome to another edition of Chopped Greens. I am your host, Philip Amrine. Virtually handing out my hand for a for a handshake to the one, the only, David Hoffman. David Hoffman, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing very, very good, Phil. It's nice to be here again. Again, again. It, you could almost say that uh, it's a re- reoccurring guest role spot. You know, we we don't pay uh, we don't pay union dues, but we we uh, we enjoy having you here. And I enjoy being here. Yes, yes. And uh, speaking of enjoying being a part of uh, the process, we uh, we watched a fun little ditty, a fun little movie uh, recently. Yeah, about a, a two-hour video. Yeah. <laughs> would, would you would you say would you say like a short, just a short biopic, you know, kind of um, of this uh, fun little film called "The Trial of the Chicago Seven. and. Um, and uh, it's it's certainly certainly uh, a time dedication that that much is certain. You think so? Um. Well, see, I say that, but uh, I don't mean it as a negative. I I just say like it 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 certainly it certainly is long, but it doesn't feel long. Um. Afterwards, I I kind of like stretched out and I I realized and I was like, oh wow, what a what a what a time went by, but I didn't, uh, it wasn't a, a sludge or, you know, felt like a, a trek, really. I, I had, I had the opposite experience, actually. I, 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 I thought that it was, it went by, especially, you know, you called it, you know, a fun little film. For, for the subject matter, you know, what it's about, it was fun. It was a fun film to watch. I really enjoyed it in that way like it was it wasn't like a an you know it wasn't just that i i watched it and i thought well wow this is really well made and this is well done and oh wow great i i thought i i i it entertained me on a level that most biopics don't you know no that's so so I, i would say that it was quite a fun film it's absolutely fair um you know what it it's it's probably it's probably best uh, suited in a film such as this to start and uh, and will probably end <clears throat> on the fact that it is directed and written by Aaron Sorkin, um, uh, which uh, it, it certainly has his flavor of of uh, direction and writing all throughout the film. Uh, it it certainly has a, a bit of if if you're uh, familiar with the Aaron Sorkinisms, uh, it has those moments of rousing renditions uh, that that can lead to acceptable cheese levels where you're just uh, you're just grinning, but you're also like, all right, all right, we get it, we got it, cheese Louise. Uh, or or there are also moments where there's just these um, indelible monologues that just that are just uh, while they're a bit philosophical they they also tend to um hold great effect so uh that's that's definitely um where it should start and i i think the fact that we even like okay so so the title of the the film is the trial of the chicago seven uh and that is a true adventure to go on because there are seven supporting characters that really just hoist along while even within the seven there are, are a few stalwarts who who stand at the at the uh, at the top of the bill in this cast it really does it it is such i know for myself starting out this film knowing nothing about the events upon which this film is uh is uh you know uh 
writes about uh, the fact that we have so many characters to just be familiarized with, have an opinion about, get to know within the the fold of of this uh, film's beginning and end. It, it really was uh, kind of hard to get in, hard to fully understand where everything was, but it, it tackled that that uh, information clog quite well, I thought. Uh, well, yeah, so I, I, I agree um, to a large extent. One of my one of my earliest and still largest criticisms criticisms was uh, in one of the opening scenes of the film, you're introduced to Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character. Um, I don't have his name. Anyway, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character walks into a room and, and all of a sudden, Richard Schultz, all of a sudden, there's all these names being thrown around, and oh, and, yes. and it's very fast paced. And and I I was immediately thinking to myself, they've lost me really early because I was trying to follow what the what the story was, who did what, and who wants. It was very confusing, and that was certainly resolved because it turned out not to be that complex of a of a of a of a you know a background of a. a What's they certainly the, felt the confident enough in, in their cast that they would revolve around their cast of characters so much that eventually, even though, yes, there are seven that you need to know, and then there's also subsequent lawyers and, and even, you know, judge and, and other characters that you would need to be aware of, they, they right. certainly felt confident enough that they'd be like, all right, Mr. Dellinger, Mr. Rubin, Mr. Hayden, Mr. Davis. Right. I mean, they, and they would continue to go it on was, with all um, characters. It was an expositional expositional scene. That was the word I was looking for, and it was it was it was very quick for you know it was quick pace exposition, and it was it was a lot all at once, and I I'd forgotten all the names already, and and I was I was concerned, I was thinking like I'm not going to enjoy this movie because I'm not going to understand what's going on, <laughs> right. but but it didn't it didn't turn out that way, and and all of it really made sense, um, even by the midpoint of the film, I understood what was happening and who was whom, and and. They they so it was an early criticism and it still holds because I, I feel like you know <laughs> discombobulating your audience early on is never a good thing but it recovered really well it recovered tremendously I think absolutely and to to uh, add to your point at least in the beginning while there were a lot of names I also actually uh, there are many different ways to go about and do it but setting up the 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 era and the time and of in the sense of setting that we find ourselves in within a film i thought it actually did a tremendous job of that as well sometimes i think a lot of films take for granted their audience and while you know writers maybe uh, feel like because they're fully researched on the idea and then they want to kind of explore and, and give you information that's more prevalent later um i felt like this was uh, a good good setup as far as the time setting uh, and explaining where in history we are because it, it while yes it's in in uh you know what what the 70s is, is kind of where where it's at and we're like the late 60s late 60s yeah exactly like it, beginning of beginning of the turn of the decade really yeah so it, when the when the trial takes place right it it, it felt really appropriate that that everything kind of fit into place where it did because it is it's like in in the in the crevice of two eras really and and I thought it did a, an excellent job of kind of explaining where where we came from where we are right now and what's going on in in the surrounding aura of what all these people are are in um uh I I think that 
in uh, continuing down the path of, of writing with Aaron Sorkin, I, I have to admit, some of the dialogue in the courtroom, in the courtroom itself specifically, just felt incredibly just well-written. Uh, whether we're going very from, very well written, yes, it just felt so conversational. I I I don't know, and and I I wanted to check this out before the podcast. Shame on me, but I wanted to see if if specifically concerning, like I thought the best written character, uh, who just you you knew from like the from the moment we start out and uh, being introduced to his character, uh, actor Frank Langella's uh, judge the judge Julius Hoffman uh, of no relation, I'm sure to you, uh, Judge Julius Hoffman. No. <laughs> Uh, his character just absolutely oozed understanding of, of 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 just where you how you were supposed to feel about him, how where he was as a character as a person, and if the dialogue felt completely real. I don't know if it was directly ripped yeah. from from uh, from court court uh, transcripts, but my God, just beautiful job on that writing that character alone. Well, you know, I'd like to speak to the writing a little bit from the perspective. Yeah, go ahead. Of of an of an actor, you know, I we we you know we often we, we praise actors all the time, and actors get get um, you know they they obviously sit in the spotlight, but but so much of good acting is in the writing. It's so mm. hard. Like I I often watch movies, and and you know actors receive a lot of criticisms, and I think to myself like I really think that actor did the best that they could with the writing that was that was there. You know, like the some. It's so hard to write authentic dialogue, you know. It's it's it, people don't realize like it's you can you can try to write a script, but the way that you the way that you write is very often not the way that people actually talk. And and right. I think you're absolutely right that the the writing really did feel so natural. And it wasn't just for you know obviously yeah, uh, uh, Judge Hoffman was was a, a standout as well for me. But but when you're giving actors of the caliber of Eddie Redmayne and Sasha Baron Cohen writing that's rich like that, you're going to get a pristine product. And I, I think that that was what this was. Yes. Uh, to go to your point, we, we also have Mark Rylance as William Kunstler. Uh, just there were, I mean, the fa- we had a couple of standout performances each on their own, on their own. Uh, I, I would almost argue, I mean, um, Eddie Redmayne, I thought, was one of the more mundane performances, kind of along the lines of like John Carroll Lynch, where they fulfilled their role um, admirably. I, I didn't necessarily think of anything special of, of either one of them, um, but I, I get to, just to piggyback off of what you just said tremendously well uh, and eloquently. I writing is so much of what we have to do uh, if, as as writers that uh, uh, writing. Uh, is so important that I feel like the people that really just picked it up and, and ran with it were Mark Rylance and, and Frank Langella. Uh, but so much of it was just, was so well written and so understandably so. Like, again, like once we got over that initial cluster and clump of information that, that you get on the first one, because uh, my God, it, it is, it is certainly a, a barrier of information where you're just like, whoa, whoa, okay, wait, hold on. Who, who, who? Oh God. Oh my God. Uh, okay. Okay. Hold on. You know, I, I will say that I think that that scene, you know, may was, was perfectly well written. And, and if, if a scene like that had take, taken place in the middle of the movie, when people n- know more, you know, more of the context and, and who's whom and, and such, then, then it wouldn't have been so so difficult. But, but I think a lot of that scene is is also is the the acting and directing on set that day, and also the editing, the way it was put together, that made it kind of 
a little bit too fast paced for for an expositional scene. Um, hard to follow. But again, the small this is a small criticism. The scene, the scene uh, you're referring in, to specifically. The, the 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 first scene that we see, Joseph Gordon, uh, okay. Joseph Gordon Levitt, um, uh, we're introduced to his character. Yeah, r- right, and we're, we're we're introduced to to his character, and and um, the you know they start obviously. What 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 was it that you said? It was the they start the process basically of of um, yeah, explaining of, that they were going to go to litigation and they were and going to case. exactly yeah, yeah exactly. I I don't I don't speak lawyer, but. <laughs> Neither do I. It's it's another language. It's a medical language that I I don't I don't fully understand. Um, uh, yeah, it, in in a in a film like this, um, it's hard to say that there are like uh, a good <laughs> good elements that about like I don't know the story or anything when there's so much ugliness with like about the the subject matter just just inherently. Um, but uh, a lot of a lot of I I think even for somebody like me that there were there this is a film that is just really centered around its writing. And, I, and unfortunately, I feel like we're just going to keep going back to like, oh, God, the writing. Oh, God, the writing. Um, but it, it's true because like I, I know for myself, for me, this put a a more humanizing effort than I've, I've seen in movies past. Of I, I, They're not direct hippies, but uh, the yippies in this case. And uh, the, the, the people that yes. were lent uh, to that, they felt much more humanized and less of a... Of a shaggy, uh, a la Scooby Doo, a shaggy like personalization of them, where they're just you know morons and just going around. This felt like every group you felt had a purpose, and and it was very intriguing to see that how all these these separate groups of people. I I thought it was incredibly profound of them to put all these groups of people um, and write them as they did, and yet they all had the same goal. In a sense, the same yeah. purpose, so, but the methods upon which they went about it were people, so drastically different. Yeah, people with 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 similar, um, they're fighting a similar fight, not necessarily the same, um, but right. similar certainly. They're fighting against a common enemy in a sense, um, but but have such strong disagreements. Um, it, you know, it, it 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 breaks away from from a traditional storytelling dynamic. I think. Um, and I want to sp- I want to talk a little bit more about about the the whole context of of, of what this film is actually about, and um, and it's interesting you know we're we're taking you back five decades here in this film, but um, and when I say we I mean not me, <laughs> the filmmakers are taking you back five decades, and yet you know in the current climate it's 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 feel it feels very relevant, um, and um, I think that that's uh, like twenty twenty seems like the right time for this film. Um, I think that, you know, for a film about such a, a dark topic, again, I, I know I said this earlier, but it's, it's nice that generally with these, these kinds of films, you have a very narrow audience, you know, audiences with more patience who are willing to sit through a, an intense drama. Mm. Um, I know that it's about some, a very serious topic, but adding those comedic elements in there, um, there's <laughs> a lot of comedic elements in the film really really you know spice it up make it make it a lot more likable just as a film and and that expands your audience so so um really smart filmmaking uh by Aaron Sorkin and co um 
And uh, furthermore, I had another point, and now I've lost my train of thought. Uh, I'll let you you jump in here, Phil. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I have a uh, you're absolutely you've hit the nail on the head on on, on mul- much of this. It definitely feels timely. Um, you you love a film with that whenever it whenever it's talking about historical events or or something, and it still hits as poignantly now as it ever as it ever did as it as it uh, the events that it's uh, remarking about had or you know whatever. You you can certainly appreciate films like that. Um, and you're you're right. This is not a film that I think will hit home for everybody, unfortunately. But I, I, I do think that it is a film that that certainly has a power a powerful message. Um, one that's not going to hit you over the head with with its message per se. Um, but it definitely uh, it, it makes a strong case to be as timely as ever and to do a little self evaluation uh, for each one of us um, uh, on a, on a much more uh, on a less theological scale, I suppose. I, I am curious on your thoughts. Uh, I, I don't know your full uh, knowledge of filmography with Sasha Baron uh, David, but for me, uh, for what I know of, of his performance, per- past performances, really, is this is this not Sasha Baron Cohen's... <clears throat> it's hard to say his, his best film, but I, I, I want to instead funnel it towards most important performance of all time i i I, this felt more this this is much like robert downey jr's uh rendition of tony stark and iron man well where you feel like a person is placed on this earth to play one role in his lifetime this kind of felt like that crowning achievement for sasha bear cohen do you do you did you get that sense whatsoever no i i have to i have to disagree with you there okay um i think that i think i I, you know i I have some familiarity with sasha baron cohen he's done mostly you know he started out his career as ali g and then you know many other characters borat included bruno certainly not his 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 (laughs) crowning role uh no um i you know i i sasha baron cohen the role that he played in the Netflix miniseries The Spy, mm. just like as an actor, was I think a dramatic actor was his his crowning moment for sure. I thought that was like it was just his performance was breathtaking. The series was amazing. I think that as as a movie that that was so significant, both and and I know that you may laugh when I say this, both Borat films landed like hugely around the like it's so that what he did in both of those films was so significant not just you know socially and politically uh the 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 commentary in those films but also as a, a filmmaker you know to 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 make a film like that in the way that he did was groundbreaking and and new and 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 dangerous and that i think i think honestly it may not be it may not be dramatic or, or, you know, like, it's completely ridiculous, those films. But those are, in my opinion, uh, Sacha Baron Cohen's real uh, crowning glory that, you know, Borat was, is significant. Whether whether you appreciate that kind of humor or not, it is significant. It's certainly uh, But yet, I will right say that, that he was, he certainly was the perfect person for, for the role that he plays uh, um, as Abby Hoffman in this Hoffman, no relation to the judge character. They clarify <laughs> that in the movie as well. Yes, um, yes. Did you feel personally it, it, attacked is, each and every he, time? <laughs> no, you know, I, I will specify my name is spelt differently. Double the F, N's, double the N. Double the F, double the N. 
in this movie they spell it the American way, uh, which is with only one N. Anyway, I think, you know, I, I couldn't imagine a better actor for the role, and I, I couldn't imagine Sasha Baron Cohen playing it any better. I thought he Absolutely. hit, he hit at each moment w- with exactly the right tone. There was, you know, not too much comedy in any, in any one moment, um, just the right amount at, at all times. And he was h- able to hit the serious, serious moments as well. Um, I, it was, it was very true acting. Um, and that's not always easy. Uh, it's not actually that common, you know, like an, an actor can have a great performance, but this was really fundamentally true and i think that that's the the highest compliment as an actor uh so i i, I don't think it's his crowning uh, crowning role or anything but i do think it was it, it was perfect for him and he was perfect for it i remembered what my point was um oh yes yes earlier was uh it was again about the context of the film i came into this film and i'm kind of glad i came into this film not actually knowing much about the trial of the chicago seven agreed, or about agreed. the riots that the trial was was about, um, you know, I I've definitely heard it talked about before, um, especially o- over the summer, given the the commonality and and you know riots and police brutality and all that. Yeah. Um, but but I didn't actually know much about it, and and I'm impressed with the filmmakers again, for, you know, I, I've done some reading now. Again, I you know I I still know very little about it, but from what I can tell, they actually got things very very right and it's not you know like there's this fine line when you're when you're writing a screenplay based on true events uh you know like to what extent do you do you stay true to the true events and to what extent do you do you dramatize it a little bit to make it more interesting to watch i i was so critical of bohemian rhapsody for example oh, God, for, for yes. the 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 creative liberties that they took with the actual story i thought it was completely unnecessary and and I, it just made me ugh, it made me it made me not like the film nearly as much, um, but the, from what I can tell, they got this very right, and and I can appreciate that because it's still the story still you know was intriguing and it had a clear you know clear plot line uh, character arcs and all that it, you know they they did a really good job of that. Yeah, I, I think that there's something to be said that that it felt. Real that that like you said because that there wasn't any, it, it just really is an achievement for the film that throughout like how do I, how do I put this unless you are a Law and Order uh, legal eagle you know that you just you just live in the courtroom and you you love to see convictions and judgments and whatever all that stuff I find it very hard for a film to achieve a true courtroom film that does not drag on that does not feel either dramatized or does not feel uh, unnatural uh outside of something like liar liar you know where it just it, it's it's another setting it's not really the, the place but when you're actually holed up and inside of this place every time they were just able to just take each and every punch that happened make it appropriately as profound as they probably felt in real time feeling everything that this happened and it just it as a viewer the, bravo to them for finding ways to just uh, em, uh, emphasize just how important each and every moment was. Obviously, sometimes it's easy. Um, you know, whenever we're seeing uh, Bobby Seale, one of the the leaders of the of the Black Panther movement, um, 
get beaten and gagged inside of a, a, a court, a U.S. court. It, that that lends itself to to obvious high dramatics and, and a moment of, of profound, uh, you know, uh, uh, drama. But bravo to them for appropriately not just appropriately sizing up that moment and making us feel just absolutely allowing us to breathe with them we didn't explicitly see anything per se we didn't uh we weren't you know given through a, an entire you know music interlude or anything it just it was just all natural all raw and and bravo to them uh move, move yeah up. yeah uh, if I, yeah, I, I think, and a lot of what what keeps the the courtroom scene spicy throughout, you know, is oh, you know, you get the comedy and, and the the you know the the shouty moments that always make courtroom scenes spicy, but uh, <laughs> the funny. editing, the 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 editor, you know, is constantly cutting from here to there, you know, where where you, where um where um uh. <laughs> He is bound and gagged. You know, it cuts from the 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 courtroom scene to the the handcuffing, and it, it's it's very artfully done. And and throughout the movie, you know, when when we have people giving testimonies, it it's a, it can be such a drag in movies when they do that. But but they're cutting in and out, not just. And I found this very interesting of the film, not just to you know uh, uh, dramatizations of what happened, you know, in the riot, um, the events on the day. Uh, but also real footage of the the actual riot from 1968. So yeah. that was a, an a, 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 an interesting choice. You know, it doesn't always work uh, where, where you're mixing where you're mixing um, real footage and and footage that you know you've obviously re-dramatized, um, reenacted. Um, you know, it was an interesting choice, and it worked so well. And it made it so much, and that there that's when you 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 establish to the audience, the audience who who don't realize perhaps yet that it this is a real story. This actually happened, and 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 it adds the shock factor. And I think that that's it's awesome. Absolutely, uh, yeah. I, kudos to this film. Kudos to the filmmakers. Kudos to to uh, putting a spotlight uh, in in a in a format upon which we all have access to more more so than not um on netflix toward towards putting something of content of, of worth uh that i think uh will will be a, a movie that will will be memorable for me uh will certainly be a boon to anybody who was uh had a part in creating it um my standout for the for the film uh still remains for i mean for all the wrong reasons but judge hoffman uh was was just tremendously written tremendously acted um, that that seems to be my my standpoint on it. Um, did you have a, a standout that you wish to uh, to highlight? I think I, I I would point to Sasha Baron Cohen. I mean, I'm a huge fan, so that helps. But but I, I would yeah that that would be the standout for me. Um, the way that, the way I think he he to a large extent carried the film. Um, certainly, yeah. certainly for me, it it's it certainly close in each one each one i mean i i couldn't be argue against um it's just it's just my own personal preference and and what for what i enjoyed um to watch acting wise obviously not not the yeah. acts of of what they were doing uh, and that's another thing that the, the filmmakers did really well is casting you know oh they, yeah they did a tremendous job casting even an interesting one is joseph gordon levitt who you know you have this this um the pro he plays the prosecutor 
and and in a in in reality, you know, in in truth, he is the the you know a antagonist in this one of the antagonists in the story. So how do you make? But he is kind of like he's a sympathetic character. So how do you how do you make this antagonistic character somewhat sympathetic? You cast Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> I think that's that that was you know that was. At first, I was confused in the beginning of the film, like why cast him in this role, but but it really you know it was it it made se- total sense to me in the end. Like you 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 need someone like that if you're gonna have this character inspire some empathy and sympathy from the audience. Absolutely, absolutely, could not agree more. Um, like I said, I, I in the beginning, I think that where this podcast begins and where this movie begins and ends and where we should end it is this is an Aaron Sorkin film, um, finely tuned, finely written. Um, a little bit of cheese, but you still feel good. It's like, you know, it's like the cheese on a cheeseburger. You just, yeah, it might be a little much, you know, maybe go for some of that uh, Swiss, you know, a little sharper. But, you know, in, in the end, it's, 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 it's still a finely crafted product. And, and um, I would certainly recommend it on a, on a scale of zero to five. I would, I would go like this is a, like a four, four point five out of five. How about yourself, David? I uh, I actually I gave it a four point five out of five. So on you know on Letterboxd and that was uh, yeah that's exactly the rating I gave it already. So four point five out of five. I thought it was it was fantastic and um, yeah it's some, this kind of movie that I would recommend to everyone. You know whether any people actually go watch it or whether they they actually enjoy it. I I I just think that everybody has the potential to enjoy this film. It's not it's not a audience specific film. I think everybody should watch it. Could watch it. And sh- and would enjoy it, you know. Whether that's the reality for you, I don't know. But I think you 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 will not regret spending two hours of your life watching this film. I think it's well worth the time. Here, here. Uh, I actually, I completely, I completely agree with that. Um, I I think that everybody, everybody has the potential to enjoy this movie, enjoy this film. Uh, it's almost hard to come away hating anything about this film, really. Uh, but I, I think it is. It might be a bit of a hard entry point, but once you get past that, guns a-blazing, enjoy the rest of the film. Uh, thank you so much to everybody for listening uh, for another wonderful edition of Chopped Greens. Uh, for... For uh, <laughs> for David Hoffman, who's, uh, who's double the F, double the N, where, where can they find you, David? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at... David Hoffman, double the F, double the N, underscore actor. That's me. There we go. I got him to say it of his own volition. I didn't even have to egg him on. We love it. I'm Philip Amarine. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to listen to the subsequent Give Me Five podcast after, or Give Me Five episode after this. We'll see you there. In the meantime, adios. Ciao.